What is good, everyone, and welcome back to the Nostalgia Plus Ultra Podcast. My name is Nostalgia. Joining me is As Told by Zoe. What's good, my guy? What is up? What is up? Oh, my God, man. It's been it's been a minute, basically a month uh, since our last episode was out. A lot has happened. Um, I guess, essentially, you know how animes will be delayed, and then they'll just post like a, they'll upload like a, uh, not upload, but they'll put up like a... Uh, a recap episode to fill the gap between weeks. Yeah, <laughs> this is bas- this is basically us. This is essentially the recap episode, if you want to call that. Um, we've both of us have been just hella busy with stuff going on, so a lot of the times, you know, we can't really record, especially on like the day, like th- like today is like probably the first time I've ever felt like, oh well, we have some time we could p- potentially record. I know, like with my job, has been super hectic i know you've got a lot of stuff going on for you as well so um mm-hmm. so yeah i'm excited to get back and you know and recording some some content for y'all hell um, yeah man it life's yeah. been hella frantic recently but <sighs> bro bro no not bro like working in working in college athletics is hilarious because i for as much as i like doing it there's like no real like time where I'm like, okay, I I know I have X amount of time off. Like it's always sure. something going on. Like with the month of February is probably like our most hectic month because it's what we call crossover season, which basically means that as one sport is on the down half of its season, another sport, two or three more sports are starting. So they like interconnect with the yeah. days. So like I'm – the SID for baseball at where I work. And so the baseball team just started their season like three or four weeks ago. And I also have like the golf team starting their season right up. And then, but basketball is about to end their season. So their last like four or five games were happening right when baseball was starting softball starting too. you know, like it's just a bunch of stuff going on at one time. And it's just, it's, it was super hectic, but uh, basketball, both basketballs just finished like their last uh, games, their last home games at least. So now we can finally, you know, get to do what we need to do. But yeah, so yeah, bro. During the uh, stuck during the weekdays, I'm pretty free because I've been bro. I've been going hella gamer mode. This you want to know how many games I've played so far this year Give me alone? A ballpark. No, bro. I got what it written it? down because last oh, year. Lord. Last year, I was like, damn, how many? I had to, like, do the math. I found out from my Nintendo Switch Rewind, my PS4 Rewind. But this year, I've written it down. So far, I've played 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 games so far. Wow. And granted, I haven't finished Persona 5 Strikers. I think it's kind of boring. But I got it for free, so it didn't really hurt okay. me. And Planet Coaster... I'm like in and out of, because it's more of just what like is that? Oh, I'm gonna chuck. It's like it's like roller coaster tycoon. Oh okay. 
but it, it, again, it was it was free on on PlayStation Plus. So I was like, "Fuck it, I like theme parks." That that one's just more on of like of time. in and out when I'm chilling. Okay. In the last, just on the pass of time, in, really. In the last three weeks, though, since the last podcast, I beat Ghost of Tsushima. Okay. And last night, I beat Devil May Cry. Like the first one or like DMC? Uh, uh, DMC 5. Okay. It's How was that? Pretty, it's like only 10 hours, but it's really fun. I know with DMC, uh, I, I think, okay, so random, random. So I was looking at a article talking about Sifu, right? Mm-hmm. And the the writer of the article got in a lot of trouble because she mentioned Bayonetta and DMC and labeled them as button mashers and people got super fucking pissed because obviously Bayonetta and DMC are not button mashers. Like you actually have to know combos. You have to know. Yeah. How, I, I think I, I know the theme behind DMC and Bayonetta is mostly just how can I fuck up this grunt or this ad as stylish as possible. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's so like, that doesn't require, it doesn't, uh, button mashing is not a part of that is what I mean. So like, I know she got in deep shit for that. So I know like the combat in DMC is probably like really, a really fun aspect of that whole thing. It's probably the main thing, isn't it? Oh, it's, it's 100% the main thing. And then like, as you progress along the story, Devil May Cry 5 is super crazy because you play as three different characters and they all have different play styles yeah like you start off as nero and his sword has a motorcycle thing and you can like charge it up but he's also missing his right arm so nico who's like a gunsmith makes different arms and they all have different powers but if you use the arm too much it'll blow up so each level you have five or six different arms and they all have different powers and they all do something different and then you can load up his gun and it'll shoot differently and then you have you can unlock different combos and you have to hold r1 back square it's almost like a fighting game yeah so the the button mashing thing does not is not even close to what it to accurate and then dante dante's thing is he has four different swords by the end of the game he has four different swords he has his regular sword, the the dual wield motorcycle sword that I Bro, that can I we, can we talk can we talk about that really fast, really <laughs> quick. What the fuck is that? Okay, so like, it, I'm I'm playing the game, and it's a boss fight, and the boss in the cutscene before the fight throws a motorcycle at you, at Dante, and he cuts it in half. And you're just like, okay, that's like cool Hideki Kamiya cutscene, like whatever. You beat the the boss, and then in the cutscene, Dante's like cutting his armor up, and a piece of the armor gets close to the motorcycle, and then they like kind of fuse, and then Dante looks at the camera and goes, hmm, and starts cutting up the guy, and then all the shit goes to the motorcycle, and then it becomes... This fucking badass motorcycle with like two swords on it. And then you're like, okay, "Okay, cool. 
And then the next cutscene, it shows him that, like, he splits it in half, and then he could use it as two swords. It's like a blade with the wheel, so he's like, like, I don't know. It's That's fucking, it's just, I think it just, it's a testament to how, like, crazy and off-the-wall DMC is in terms of its style. And I think it, it fits. It's just so funny. I remember you sent me, like, the clip. When in like the in like the I guess the cutscene where he like actually uses it, yeah. And I'm sitting there like because I played like the first like the earlier versions of Devil May Cry. I played like the the earlier versions, hold and those on, like the on. those are really funny. I'm recording. Oh, sorry. You're good. <laughs> sorry, my sister just um, got. No big, no big deal. Um. Okay, so we're all good. <laughs> and we're back. Okay. Um, I. So I played the earlier versions of DMC, um, and so those are really fun too. It's really you know off the wall in terms of style. They really leaned into it like super hard when it came to I guess DMC from the I guess the clips I saw and other gameplay things. Like even the other characters, like the ones that aren't directly like affiliated, because obviously you have like Virgil, you have Dante, you have uh, Nero, right? His name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you have that other guy that has like the familiars. Like the demon familiar, v. like the bird V, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like they got yeah, yeah. His, he's a his whole gameplay style, too. his whole gameplay styles is crazy because you fight with the familiars, and then they can't kill because of something. So you have to press O, and that's the only way you can kill. And if you don't do it in time, something happens. And yeah. it's all three characters have a different play style so you're never bored you're never like wow this is so repetitive that's good i mean you know i might depending on how i'm looking as far as my free time which is you know not that much (laughs) i may pick up a game myself so i know i texted you about it i re so destiny is in its new expansion i have yet to play it because again crossover season so i'm like super stressed out with all that i haven't been able to play at all but from the gameplay it looks like it's probably one of the best like expansions yet. Like, and I, this is say this is like coming from somebody that's like played it for a while, and it's and the Taken King, which is like the first big expansion from from Destiny One, was like one of the coolest expansions ever. But this one again, I think anytime they make their expansion about like the Hive, which like a which like a certain a certain um, enemy in uh, Destiny, so anytime they make their uh, their expansion is about the hive. It's always a banger expansion, every time. It like it's like you saw it with. So you have Destiny One. You have Crota's End, which is like you're fighting this this guy Crota who has a, like this big ass sword. You kill him. The Taken King is basically uh, the father of Crota. Is pissed off that you killed his son. So now he's trying to kill you. You know what I'm saying? And like he has like a new, I guess. Uh, enemy type that he's created called the taken where like they're like these other versions of uh these more aggressive and different like scarier versions of the other enemies you may fight like legion and fallen other stuff like that so it's really cool how they did that for d1 this one again is the witch queen which is like uh i keep i for some reason i'm blanking on the taken king the main boss is uh crotix that's his name crotix his name like his sister Sabathun, she's like apparently Jesus. She's had this. She's had a hand in like every expansion in D two so far. Like everything that's happened so far in D two, 
minus like this main overarching villain of the being of the darkness. Like their main. Oh, otherwise, other than like that main overarching villain, she's had a hand in almost every single expansion. And you can. And one thing I like about Destiny Two, or just Destiny in general, is how deeply ingrained the lore is that you actually have to like look for it and find it to see shit happen like there's like stuff that you would you wouldn't even think to really like notice is actually very important so for what was it for the the okay when the when destiny 2 first dropped i think there's like a song that plays when you boot up the game right apparently that's it's called savathun's song and apparently if you are humming that tune or any version of that tune, you are under the control of Savathun. Mind, like she has you under her spell. So like there are several characters in the game that will hum that tune or sing a certain tune that with a certain song with lyrics that have the same kind of like vocal inflection of that song. Sure. So it's like, so you'll be like walking around the tower or you'll, or you'll, um, You'll be in the middle of a mission and you hear one of your like main characters has a like has a lot of voice lines is very prevalent in the show and not the show in the game will sing that tune. And if you don't know it, you're just like, okay, whatever. But if you've been keeping up with the lore and understanding what that tune means, you're like, holy shit, what the fuck is happening now? You know what I'm saying? And that's like the I think that's just the coolest thing about like Destiny. And I haven't had a chance to play it, but this new expansion with them having Savathun in it. Uh, she's known as like the trickster, or, like the master deception. So a lot of the campaigns, the camp, the main campaign is you like solving puzzles and you uh, having to do certain, kind of like how they do with raids and other like strikes and stuff, where you actually have there's certain like mechanics that are a part of the mission. Because usually in Destiny Two expansion, it's like oh, we kill this, kill this person, go to this place, do whatever. But now it's like hey, this whole mission has a mechanic to it. Also, you have to solve this puzzle at the same time. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy. So I'm super excited to play it. I haven't gotten a chance to yet, but I'm just super excited to, you know, finally try to be able to boot that up. Damn, that sounds cool. Yeah. Um, I saw a TikTok oh, the other day, and I forgot to send it to you. What it was, was it? some guy saying, like, what, what I think about you based off your favorite shooters and then, like, yeah. Call of Duty was one, and, and Battlefield was like, oh, I'm very sorry because the last game sucked. But when it got to Destiny, it was, like, he was like, are you okay? No, like, seriously, are you okay? <laughs> no, really. Like, you can tell me. Are you okay? <laughs> I forgot to send it to you. That's funny. I think, I don't know, I think the the people that that are hardcore into Destiny, will probably that joke will probably hit a lot harder. For me, I was more of a... A casual player, sure. And I love and I love the the fact that Destiny has the ability to play casually. You know what I'm saying? You can do it. Like obviously, I'm not gonna be able to do everything. I would want to do everything. I just don't have the time to. So like that's just one of those things where uh, <laughs> a more <laughs> deeply invested person in Destiny would probably <laughs> actually have that. Would like, that would be really funny. Um, sure. What was I say? What was I say? Oh, also. I restarted uh, Final Fantasy 15. Nice. 15? Yeah, I think. Yeah, Final Fantasy 15. Yeah. The game is so much fun. Like, I don't know why I stopped playing it, but the game was so much uh, fun. It's so fun. It. I, I would say it's a bit 
And it's weird for me to say this because Final Fantasy games are usually long. Like, Final Fantasy games are, like, roughly around 50 to 60 hours. Mm-hmm. I just, I, for some reason, now maybe I have to play through it again because when I first got it, I wasn't that big of a Square Enix shill. So yeah. I didn't I I didn't know all like the ins and outs and like all the side quests and shit. But yeah. when I first when I first played it, I thought it was a little long. Like I noticed. Yeah, I can, it can get long and I'm what I'm trying to do, what I've been trying to do is do a little bit more side quest stuff mm-hmm. and also to load my guy up that way I'm not going into okay, cuz I keep forgetting. I did this on my last playthrough too. When you go to, when that little boy, when you go, so when you go to the hotel, right, in the early yeah. in the game, you go to that hotel and that little boy says, "Hey, there's a legend about a sword behind a waterfall." You remember that one? Yeah, yeah. That like little dungeon you gotta go to get the to get like the the armature weapons, right? So the uh-huh. one about the sword, you go to that one. Immediately when you get even in close proximity to the waterfall. Around this time, you're supposed to be around level 15, I think, 15-ish. Because, like, the final boss you fight in there is level 16. So it's not that bad, right? So you're supposed to be around level 14, 15, hopefully. Just like, you know how, like, Noctis may be level 15, but everybody else level 14. Kind of of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So upon arriving, there's that big-ass serpent that's level 21, first off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Level 21. So, obviously, I'm not going to fight that thing. I got to skip around. So, then you fight those big-ass, like, those crabs that are your level, but they're just fucking tanks. So, they take a lot of damage. Like, the amount of potions I wasted on that fight before I even got to the dungeon. I was like, oh, my God, dude. It's so bad. And then you get about the midway point of the dungeon, and you fight the like that one daemon that's called the ronin and he's level 18 yeah 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 okay if you see what i'm saying like yep they really try to fuck you up in those dungeons yeah. so like i'm trying to like find ways to level up high enough that way i when i get to those parts i'm not struggling you know what i'm saying it was really funny because i remember when he popped up i remember literally Deja vu, like the first time I played through, I was like, "Fuck, I know, I know exactly what's gonna happen." He popped up and proceeded to just wreck everybody in my party. Like, first off, Prompto, Prompto is the weakest person in your party. He sucks. Always low key. Always Prompto sucks. You would think it's I, Ignis. You would think it's it's Nerd Boy, but it's not. It's always Prompto. Prompto get Prompto gets fucked up every time. Like, I don't know, it, it, forever, anybody listening that's a Final Fantasy fan, and if you are a fan of the, sh- uh, of the game, and you like Prompto, I'm sorry. Prompto fucking sucks. The, it's, 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 it's the uh, thing where he's he's a funny character, and he's a skinny blonde boy. That's why everyone yeah, likes him. That's fine. That's fine. But he can't just be a little bit stronger, my guy. Like... It's so it's funny the drop off. So obviously Gladio Gladius has like the biggest like health bar because yeah, he's like the, he, the big muscleheads guy. A tank. Yeah, he's the big muscle guy. I, Ignis and Noctis have roughly the same health bar, and Prompto loses is is down on that margin by a significant amount. Yeah, but the thing it's is, rough. like my my issue with him though, and 
here's where I wish you could like direct characters while you're fighting because my thing with, with Prompto is Prompto is a gun user and a machinery user so yeah. why is he so close to the battle Always. Like, he's really, like, he's in there, like, with Gladio and, and Ignis, like, fighting, like, in close quarters with a pistol. Yeah. Like, if you don't step outside to the to, 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 to decent range and shoot, like, that joint's so annoying. And, and that's the reason why he'd be getting killed or, like, at least in danger. Like, every time I go into a fight, it's always Prompto. You know, you know why people like him so much, too? You know, a big thing about about this game is like the fact that they're like boys like they're a squad yeah. like they're all yeah. best friends uh I, I don't know if you've if you've ever encountered this but there are some times where like it's the end of the day and you can like talk to some of them yeah and i just i own i always remember prompto's story being like the most sad and he like starts crying really yeah i don't know if you I, don't know if I've, I don't know if i've gotten that far yeah because i th i think it's not a thing of getting that far it's like certain requirements like you can play the whole game without listening to any of the stories i think i think it's like a wow. like a, a it's an rpg type thing where if you look out for it you'll probably you could get it and i just remember his like they start crying and then like him and Noctis have like a bro moment, and I think that's why I think that's why people like him so much. I mean, that that's perfectly fine, and I I think Prompto as a character is very funny. I think he's a great character. I just think as part of my part as a part of my party, he sucks. That's yeah. just it. That's it. Yeah, that's literally it. Um, I I think I do see what you're saying too with like the RPG elements of character interactions, which is weird because yeah. like I started doing more camps like I, yeah. anytime, instead of going instead of going to a rest stop i just go to a camp i just like find somewhere that's a camp and just upgrade gladio's like survival skills perk mm. just just because um and so more often than not you'll get a request to do like a, a, a an activity with one of the people in your party like one like with ignis it was you had to cook something for breakfast yeah, yeah. with with prompto it was come attract this big ass monster into frame that way you can take a picture up close and personal with it you know what i'm saying it's like just small stuff like that so i which i didn't get a chance to do my first time playing through the game because i just wasn't looking out for it. like anytime it was dark i was like okay i'm gonna go to a rest stop and half the time i didn't visit any of the rest stops in the area so i'd always end up going back to fucking what is the name of that place that you first get to that like uh, with, with uh the garage I was, okay, I I forgot what it's called too, but I was gonna say the garage with with girl Sid. Yes, what is that? Yeah, I can't remember the name, but you don't you know you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's been five years since I've played it, so. <laughs> but uh, yes, that's, and I used to just do that, but now I'm like, okay, I'll just go to like a camp and I'll upgrade some stuff. That make that way it'd be a little bit easier. Okay, we're back. We had a little break. Uh, I have a segment now. <laughs> Fucking put it on the screen. Peter Griffin, you know what really grinds my gears? You better put that in post. <laughs> I will. 
I got two things to rant about. And I've already ranted a little bit about one to Taylor, but I'll talk about that one after. Fucking Nintendo being Nintendo. God damn it. Oh my god. Dude, I like Nintendo as much as the next guy. I have a Switch. I love Breath of the Wild. I love Mario Odyssey. Uh, the the last Metroid game was cool as hell. I like Nintendo. Well, I'm not a really big fan of Pokemon, but I like Nintendo. Okay. But when it comes to, like, online shit or, like, just competitive shit, I fucking hate them. They're so annoying. Don't even get me started on their online. Their online fucking sucks on everything. But this year is the first year that I decided. I was like, you know what? Evo is is very near. It's close to my birthday. It's like a month before my birthday. And it's in uh-huh. Vegas. I've never been to Vegas. So I'm like, let me let me grab a few of my friends. And we'll go see the Smash Tournament at Evo. And then, you know, we'll hit the casinos after. We'll go to round one. We'll do Vegas shit. But I really want to see yeah. Smash Ultimate at Evo. Yeah. And then I'm driving back from Deerfield Beach, which is an hour away. Because I was doing work. And I see online, Evo posts, ah, shit, Smash Bros. doesn't want to be a part of us this year. Dude! (laughs) The only other Smash Bros. tournament I could probably go to is Summit. No, not Summit. I forgot what it's called. The one in Orlando. But it just happened. So it's not going to happen for like another year. Oh, my God. So, fucking, I don't understand. People are saying maybe it's because Sony, Evo's owned by Sony now. Yeah, but why does that matter? Why would that matter? I don't... That's my question. Why would that matter? I don't think it's because of that. Well, I don't know, because the thing is, they also don't do Killer Instinct, and Killer Instinct is only Xbox. I mean, I guess, but like... the thing I, is, I get, they've had Smash forever now. I think it's right. because I think it's because Nintendo doesn't have anything like they're not going to make money off of Smash anymore because there's no more DLC fighters. That's it. They're 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 done making content. So I feel like it's a marketing thing, and they're like, we don't have anything to sell, so we don't care anymore. That makes no fucking sense. You have a game that is universally loved by ca- both casual players and competitive players alike you even shifted the mechanics of the game or the intentions of the game you think about the the nintendo directs like i don't know how how far back you've watched them and i you know when they started announcing new characters in the yeah. recent times i started watching the directs but i'm it could be a fair assumption i could be wrong if anybody hears this and wants to correct me feel free to but back when the old directs were happening, I guarantee you that they weren't showing movesets for new characters. Uh, for Smash 4, no, they, they weren't. So, okay, so with that in mind, you would announce a new character for a more casual player. Once Smash started getting more competitive, they shifted the focus to, okay, let's introduce the movesets, what they can do, all that stuff, because they understood the competitive aspect of, of Smash Bros., why would you just get why would you take that away from 
the people that give that put so much into your game, regardless of if it's an old game or a new game, or and I know you're always know Nintendo as a company is always focused on like the next IP, the next installment, yeah. but they're not making Smash anymore. So leaving it to the the fan base that made it so popular in the first place is just the right thing to do. I think it, Nintendo just had a, a big issue, I guess for for me too, when it comes to just old older games mm-hmm. or just making or just doing right by their fans like, and i know like you're like a huge nintendo you're part of the nintendo cult i get it right sure. i think that's not fair for somebody like you who puts so much time into nintendo just for them to be like nah i'm good you know what i'm saying it's it, just it makes no sense to me yeah because the thing is like there's still gonna be smash bros tournaments all over america but those are like they're not run by Nintendo, or they don't have like support from Nintendo. They're all which doesn't make any sense either. Okay, but they're going. all made by the Smash community. Like, so yeah, I'm still gonna watch the next Smash Bros. tournament, whichever it is. But but I want to go to one, and going to Evo is like this is the fighting game tournament. This is where they have the Street Fighter Championship, the Tekken Championship. Guilty Gear, uh, all any fighting game you could think of that's like active right now is at Evo. Why wouldn't you have Smash? It just doesn't make sense. I mean, I, I get that's, you know, the the people that try to turn their nose up at Smash, they're like, oh well, it it, it is at the end of the day, it, it is a fi- uh, a casual party game. Which, yeah. for all intents and purposes, yes, it is. Like yeah. I'm not debating that fact. Like. At its core, Smash Bros. was intended to be a very, very casual party game. I get it, right? But you also have a very serious competitive uh, scene within the game, like, and to just not acknowledge that is not fair. I think um, I did see something where Nintendo is partnering with Panda Global and doing their own like conjoined tournament that's yeah. just for Smash. So that could, so I feel like that could be the case where it's like, oh, we don't want to be associated as like another game within Evo's fighting game lineup. We want to be our own like independent fighting tournament, which sure. I guess I guess makes sense. But again, it's Evo. Like yeah. I I understand. Okay, there's Panda Global, which is Panda Global's huge. I get yeah. Panda Global's huge. But do you realize how big Evo is? They oh, did yeah. at one point, but you think, do you realize how big Evo is? Like, putting Smash Bros. in Evo is not going to make it any less of a game or any less of an IP. Like, I don't yeah, understand I, that issue. I, I really don't. I just feel like it's a marketing thing where they have nothing to sell. But, like, what. I don't see how it could hurt being in Evo because, like, it's not like they put any money into Evo. It's like they're not marketing evo it's like they're not gonna lose money if anything someone at evo can be like watch a smash brothers tournament and be like oh shit that looked kind of cool and then get into smash right i don't yeah because then yeah i don't know this is a lot of stuff nintendo is is i think what's funny is nintendo likes to this is what a lot of game studios whenever their fan base is super pissed off they'll just put something out that just changes their whole perception like the evo thing people for all yesterday were like oh fuck nintendo they don't know what they're fucking doing this and the third literally today 
today new gen 9 for pokemon like come the fuck on <laughs> and ev- everyone is like oh my god look how cute they are which Dude. like yeah sure they're all cute but i'm not gonna play pokemon yeah that joint's annoying like it was in with the blizzard activision like the whole sexual harassment and that whole thing and then you get to oh yeah le- uh we're teasing overwatch too <laughs> it's like wait hold on Here's, what here's, about this over here? Here's the difference, though. No one gives a fuck about Blizzard Activision. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> Ninten- Nintendo is a different powerhouse. Nintendo has the 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 IP to make people forget. Because not only did they announce Pokemon today, in a few weeks, Kirby comes out. And everyone's going to be like, oh my god, Kirby! You know? Yeah, then people are going to get re-upset once evo actually gets started like gets started up and all that yeah. stuff it's just like a cycle because then literally people are gonna get pissed off about evo Nintendo's gonna put something else out and then all of a sudden everybody's gonna fucking forget again it is what I, it is but. i still i'm still gonna go to evo because i think i think the experience is cool and plus i love watching tekken um i want to see how stupid people go on guilty gear guilty gear looks hard as hell it looks fun though it does look fun. And also, I've never been to Vegas. I want to hit the casinos and shit like that. Um, yeah, bro. That pissed me off. And then another rant. I know we've been talking about gaming this whole episode. But I, I just no have... Idea. I just got to get this off my chest into the world. Not just in our DMs. Um, Taylor knows. And a bunch of my friends know. I'm a very big Disney Parks fan. I like the parks. Okay. Oh, um, here we go. <laughs> now, don't get it twisted. I am not a Disney adult. You will not find me crying because they closed for COVID. I understand that they closed so no one would die. I get it. Okay. Yeah. And I yeah, I got so, I got some Disney Funko Pops, but like you won't see me fucking I forgot what it's called. Because you're not allowed to wear costumes at Disney. So adults wear clothes that look like the costumes. It's very okay. odd. Disney bounding. I'm not going to be Disney bounding at the parks. You know? Okay. Just real quick. So for somebody that's outside looking in as a friend of Zoe, I'm going to explain to the audience what's going on. So yeah. Zoe is deeply ingrained into the culture of Disney. The lore, the parks, the setup, all the rides. He's very in tune with the news and stuff like that. Disney, since he's been a young child, has been a very big part of his life. So, but he is not of that era, that group of people that take Disney way too seriously. Okay? Yes, proceed. agreed. Proceed. <laughs> that's the big disclaimer from somebody that's that's just his friend. So, yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll let you proceed. The easiest way to put it is, I'm a Floridian. You know, that's it. You know, every Floridian goes to Disney at least once. Now, here's the thing that pisses me off. This new fucking CEO is a fucking bald, money-grubbing little fucking gremlin. And it's pissing me the fuck off. I get it. I get it. Disney has never been the most affordable. I think everyone knows that. You go there, okay. and it's like, 
it's like three bucks for a water bottle, but it's like whatever. Yeah. You can you can see past it. This new CEO, they just opened up the new Star Wars hotel, and the whole okay. the point of the whole Star Wars hotel is it's basically a cruise. So it's not just a hotel where everything looks all Star Warsy. It's like uh, no, the whole point is like every window is like a video screen, and what you see outside isn't outdoors it's outer space and then they have like all the cast members are like acting and you're like if you're a kid you could be a jedi or you could be recruited by the first order it's this whole experience yeah sounds sounds pretty cool and the thing is you you can't you can't just book one night again it's like a cruise line in space it's like six thousand dollars for like two nights three days shit like that I from the once they announced this, I knew I was like, okay, I'm never gonna see this place, and that's fine. That's 100% fine. If you got the money, yeah. do your thing. Now, you're not allowed to wear costumes in the park. I said that unless you're mm-hmm. like three years old. Like if you could still be in a stroller, they'll let you wear a costume. But if you're like six, that's like when it stops. I think six or seven is when it stops. In the Star Wars uh, place, like the place in the park, not not the, yeah. not the hotel, you can buy Jedi robes. And as an adult, I get it. If you buy a Jedi robe and they don't allow you to wear it, that's fine. You're an adult. Go home and wear it. That's fine. Exactly. But they won't let like kids wear it, which again, as the rules, makes sense. But now, as a part of this Star Wars hotel, if you get the robe specifically from the hotel you can wear in the parks and what pisses me off is it's this whole thing where it's like okay this person paid six thousand dollars so they could get to do whatever they want be rich break the rules no the whole point of not being able to wear costumes is that they say like so people don't get confused with you they think you're a cast member and then they have a bad experience makes sense the video I sent you, which has Straw Hat Goofy on it from TikTok. I love that guy. Yeah. This has nothing to do with him. Yeah. So whoever's seen that video, I love Straw Hat Goofy. It has nothing to do with him. But he even said it. People were coming up to me and being like, oh, where can I? And he's like, I don't know. I don't work here. So what? The fucking 1% can do whatever the fuck they want now? Just like, dude, I'm in Disney World. I'm trying to not think about the societal crumbling of America. Let me think I'm in Star Wars. What the fuck is your problem? I, and, and dude, this fucking CEO, fast passes, ever since they were created, have been free. You just yeah. got to get it in time. That makes sense. You go to the little, back in the day, you go to the little fast pass computer, you print out your fast pass, and the, the past few years, you look in your phone, you see what's open, boom, you get it for free. Now, they have something called Genie Plus, which, don't even get me, you are sullying the name of Robin Williams. Oh, Lord. By naming it Genie Plus. And what Genie Plus is, you have to pay $15, not like a month. It's like, if, if you go to the park, you pay 15 bucks for Genie Plus, and that means you can use the lightning lane which is not which is what the old fast pass lanes 
not, they're now called the Lightning Lane with Lightning McQueen I, plastered. I, I figured that would be. I figured that'd be the case. But but what? So you can use the Lightning Lane for small rides, like if you're in Magic Kingdom, like the fucking Winnie the Pooh ride or Little Mermaid, mm-hmm. Buzz Lightyear, shit like that. But for like the big rides that everyone likes, the Space Mountains, the Mount Everests, the dinosaurs, the Soarin', you have to pay an extra fifteen bucks. Not once, an extra fifteen bucks per person. So, for people, for people that live in Miami, who are usually Hispanic, that go to Disney with their whole family, because Hispanics have huge families, cannot yeah. <laughs> do Disney Plus or or, or Genie Plus, because you're going to be spending like two hundred dollars. To go on fucking Space Mountain. It's so fucking that's so, annoying. That's so dumb. And then I told you the other day, they opened up Avengers Campus in California. And mm-hmm. it looks sick. Dude, every time Disney does something cool, the CEO does something to take like three steps back. It's so annoying. <laughs> Avengers Campus looks fucking dope. It's the first time Disney's ever done something marvel because they can't do it in um, they can't do it in florida because universal has the old school comic book marvel stuff so they can only do it in california okay the stunt shows are cool they have the robot of spider-man fucking flying across the air Um, i've seen that yeah (laughs) um the guardians of the galaxy ride is apparently is super fun and then this, they have the Spider-Man ride, which is like it's a cool idea. It's yeah. Who's ever who who's whoever's been to Disney, it's like Buzz Lightyear, but without a gun. You literally have to use your hand to shoot webs. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty cool. But I find out after, it's like. You you can buy an Iron Man glove at the end of the ride, and if you use it on the ride. You have an, you have Iron Man like blasters instead of webs, which at first you think okay again if you have the money and you do it yeah why not go ahead do it. But what they don't tell you is every every Disney shooter ride at the end has like a scoreboard, and then they have yeah. like winner of the day, winner of the month, uh, top scorer of this hour like shit like that. But now. That the ride's been open for like a year. Every top scorer of the hour, of the month, of the day, is someone with an Iron Man blaster. So it's the same shit that EA does with with uh, Battle uh, Battlefront that you pay to win. It's literally yeah. that. It's literally the Iron Man and the rescue blasters give you more points. So this fucking gremlin, and I know people who aren't into Disney, they're, they're probably thinking like, oh, Disney's just always been like this. Yeah. I'm, dude, I'm telling you, it's never been this bad. It's never been <laughs> this fucking bad. I can't, That's crazy. Fucking, I don't, and then, you know, the whole Disney living thing is weird. The communities. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's a whole. That's a whole other thing. I don't think I could do that, honestly. 
I, I feel like I, after a long day's work, if I'm that, like, you know, something could piss me off at work or I could get really annoyed with something. If I go home and the person that greets me at my, at the gate or whatever to the, to the, the housing, whatever is like goofy or Donald, I'm going to lose my fucking mind. I got, and that's no, <laughs> that's no, that's no shade to goofy or any Disney character. I'm just saying, that's just not what I want to see when I come home. Like at all. All right, so <clears throat> we are now out of Zoe's rant corner, um, and so we'll get into, I guess, something that I, I've kind of been doing. Um, so rare for me, but I have not been watching any anime because I've been so far behind lately. Uh, so but what I have been kind of keeping up with is music, and so two albums that I want to talk about, one a little bit more than the other one, but the first one is Few Good Things by Saba is so I have it as a nine out of ten. The only reason why it's nine out of ten is there one there's one song that I probably I don't like as much as the other songs on there, which is fine. So it's but other than that, every other every single song on there is phenomenal. Uh, one thing I can say, and this is goes across like goes for any any rapper across the board. I don't think there's another rapper out there right now that can paint the a picture of what they're going through better than Saba can. Oh like dude. I it's just so it's gorgeous, it's gorgeous wordplay not wordplay, like you're right. It's it's the way that, that man could tell us like a story. It's it's incredible. Yeah, it's. I mean, the the. I guess the whole theme about it, because you know, my one of my favorite albums of all time is definitely Care for Me, and Care for Me is a very soft, a somber album that has a lot of. I don't know. One thing that I think is 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 very common amongst all Saba's songs and projects in general, is talking about trauma or certain circumstances or certain issues that he faces in his life, but the tone in which they're presented to you is more in a positive tone like we're gonna figure this shit out and get up out of here and and get to the point where we're all good like care for me was dark and it was and it was sad if you really pay attention to the lyrics like especially the song prom king which is one of my favorite songs on the album but not a song that i really come back to because it's such a very sad song like the first half of it is about you know is about going to prom with somebody with some girl but then you get a glimpse as to how life in Chicago is for youth, especially in that time with, you know, gang violence and just violence in general. You know, you got just being around a lot of black people in a very, you know, it's a very confrontational vibe sometimes when you kind of you're just trying to live your life as a kid. Then you get to the second half of the song where he's basically talking about how uh, his cousin Walt um, ended up, you know, how they got the news that he might have been killed. So it's one of those things to me where he just does a great job of just presenting these issues, these, these things that he's going through um, in a very, I guess, in a way where you can groove to the music, but you're not sad about it. Like, but you, if you listen to the lyrics, you, you, can, you can feel the emotion. But the way, like, the song um, One Way is my favorite song on the album. It's the second song. My favorite song on the album. Uh, it's kind of sad like the verse the first line is um uh i feel at peace but i want to die it's a one-way street like that's a sad line 
Yeah. But the way the beat kind of rise and the way the beat, everything like gets presented to you in the song, it you groove to it. So like I think I do damn, I do like that song a lot. That song You see what I'm saying? Like I think yeah. one of Saba's biggest talents is the ability to Oh Lord. Are you good? Oh, I start I started playing the song. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um that scared me. <laughs> but, yeah, so like I was saying, one of his biggest talents is the ability to uh, mix his upbringing and this story that may be a, have a sad topic, but present it to you in a way where you just you just feel really, you know, good and you understand where he's coming from. And it's so funny listening to the album, too, because, so for those that don't know, a, a lot of my family members are from Chicago. Like, I have a big big huge side of my family that lives in chicago like my that's my where my whole dad's side's from a lot of them have since moved out and moved to different places but one thing that's very common among chicago rappers and just people from chicago in general is how much they love their city and you can feel it in this album too throughout all saba's albums is just that love for the city of chicago regardless of the situations they were in and which is situations that nobody wants to be a part of. And there's situations that a lot of my family members have been a part of as well with like people that you know on a regular basis, people you're close to, you don't know whether or not they could die the next day to, to gang violence or to somebody looking at them the wrong way. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a very yeah. hostile environment down there, especially when you don't live in the best of conditions. So, but still finding that love for the city and still understanding how deeply ingrained that that city is to some people, especially a place like Chicago, which is a, a, a phenomenal place to, to be. It's just, you can really feel it in that album. And I think it's such a great um, listening experience all the way throughout. And what's funny is the, the title fits so well from what, from what Saba is talking about and just from my perspective, how I got, how I kind of interpreted the, the title, A Few Good Things is, yeah, like, a lot of stuff has been going on that's you know kind of shitty in this life, but there are a few good things you can look at and say, like this is what's motivating me, this is what's driving me, this is what's getting me out of the situation. So for him, it's a few good things are his, you know, the family and friends that are currently still alive, his love for music, the love for the city of Chicago, um, the fact that he's you know, hinting the fact that he might be you know a father soon, you know, some a very few good things are happening in his life that's kind of giving him that motivation to keep pushing forward, keep moving. And I think that's just a, a great kind of thing to kind of look, the way, the way, a good way to look at the world in a lot of cases, because a lot of shit's, you know, fucked up around here, but, you know, if you keep those things close to heart, you know, some good things will happen. So I think it's a, a absolutely phenomenal album. Agreed. I, 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 2012 is an insanely nostalgic song even though it came out this year it's crazy yeah, it's a great song yeah i think yeah i, mean, I'm, I don't know i i know it's early but it's definitely gonna be one of my best albums of the year sure just because there's the listening experience just a beautiful beautiful album i think he just a, a phenomenal job with that so Shout out to Saba, man. He's uh, he's one of my favorite rappers. Definitely an underrated artist uh, with a uh, few good things. So please go listen to that. And so the second album is Ghetto Gods from Earth Gang. Another one of my favorites. Um, Georgia, Georgia natives, you know. I'm, I'm a Georgia boy, so I got to put on for 
those that are in uh, those that you know rep the state. You know what I'm saying? Um, this album is a complete not. I want to say a complete left turn from there from Mirrorland, but it's definitely a different tone, especially in terms of their artistry. So with Mirrorland, you get the psychedelic vibe, you get the real creative, you know, with songs like, you know, Up, which is a kind of a scary song with the ambiance in the background, how they do the vocal inflections. Uh, you get stuff like This Side, which has, which has like the, the chill side, and then all of a sudden, right, they have a beat switch that just blows up and it's really good. You have La La Challenge, where it's just all these different layers of beats together and you know what I'm saying? It, it, Mirrorland is supposed to make you feel like you're walking into some kind of psychedelic carnival. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're like yeah. some weird shit's happening, right? Ghetto Gods is literally just the both of us are from Campbellton, Georgia, and we're gonna let you know about it. That's and that's and that's one of the biggest things I thought was that helped them on this album is to not go the psychedelic route again, but to kind of just do their own thing, like just do things that you know artistically make them happy and want to put out stuff like with ghetto gods like at the big the biggest like theme of it is understanding the role you play in your society i guess in, in your in your hood you know what i'm saying basically like yeah. being that person that everybody looks up to offering that advice offering that kind of role model type even though you yourself might not have all the answers might not be the best role model but you're the one that made it out. You beat all the odds. So in the eyes of all the kids that, and, the, and the people that are still living and where you came up, you are in, ter in turn viewed like a god, especially when you have a lot of money. So I think that's the, the kind of thing they're going for, and they do it really well. All the songs are very unapologetically Atlanta. They have a lot of Atlanta um, uh, features on there as well, some production in two. They have the J. Cole. Also, Waterboys. So there's two songs I want to talk about. Billy, and I want to talk about Waterboys. So Billy is definitely a song that at first listen, I was like, ah, I'm not sure. Especially in the beginning half. But when the beat switch in Future comes in, that might be my favorite Future verse. Low key. <laughs> Ever. Dog, future, future did fucking kill it. He came in and slid, bro. That shit was crazy. I think in the sample, I just... You know how mean you are. We're just big sample nerds. Like, if a sample sounds good, if a sample works, and, and we can kind of tell what's going on in the sample, it makes the song that much better. Having that gospel sample, soul sample in the background, like, as it's, like, like underneath the layer, and the, the beats is super smooth. He's kind of just, like, yeah. kind of weaving through it. And I think, I don't know, if Future was on more production like that, I think I would like Future way more. But that's just me. Like, yeah, that's just me. The beach was crazy, and then Water Boys is just a phenomenal uh, a song. JID with a great future feature. J Cole, I, I will say J Cole's feature feature run, like the second one this time around, is way more like braggadocious and really showing, like really popping his shit lately. Like all of his yeah. feature verses now have been like instead of him talking about the content and other shit like that, and and kind of going with the song. Now it's just I have a lot of fucking money. <laughs> and I think that's fine. I think he's doing a great job with it. Oh uh, yeah. It's it's always like nice to keep things fresh when it comes to stuff like that. And so I think J. Cole's a great rapper. He does have a line at the end of that Waterboys verse where he says something about how a young dude 
could try all, all he wants, but he might not ever reach the level of me. I don't know if that's a shot at JID or it might be a shot at Corday, low key, because other I don't people think, keep. Why would it be a shot at JID? Because remember how. Do you remember when uh, the Never Story was coming out? Not the Never Story, but um, his his debut, not the debut album, like the debut album on a Dreamville was coming out. Yeah. What's the name of that album? Fuck. I thought it was the Never Story. Was it was it the Never Story? Okay, it might be the Never Story. But when that album was coming out, uh, when um, Off D's was was released as a single, yeah. J Cole was like, JID's probably the closest like rapper to me like he's gonna get to the point where he's the closest uh, as a, uh, as good as rapper as i am you see what i'm saying so like yeah. that comment was made a while back with jaddy's like i guess second uh, second or first like main debut album was coming out sure the re so it could be he's like oh he'll, he'll he's nice but he probably will ever make it to me and people actually said something to jid like yesterday or a couple days ago where they're like is that j cole verse about you at the end and he was like i hope not <laughs> <laughs> but I think it might be Corday just because of the fact that people call him Diet J. Cole. Yeah. Cause you I see what that. I'm saying? So, and, and we've talked about Corday on this out al- on this podcast before we talked about his most recent album and how, yeah. you know, I think it was funny. Sean C said it best and I didn't say it on the podcast, but Sean C said that a funny tweet. He was like, he said, Corday's album is okay, but just go listen to J. Cole. Yeah. And so, like, Agreed. I think if that's the case, what people are saying, and J. Cole, obviously, J. Cole probably sees the shit. So he's like, well, I mean, if you think Corday is going to end up being me, he's got a long way to go. That's my, yeah. that's, that was my whole thing. Um, but, yeah, I think that makes more sense. Yeah. So, but other than that, the whole, I guess, album works. A, I, I want to talk about Amen, too. Having I was mu- just about to bring up Amen. Having Ooh. music, having music, Soul Child as a feature, but also using the song Sunny as a sample. I've never, I haven't, I haven't seen people sample it like that before. Yeah. Like that's like that sample has been used a couple of times. I've, I can't remember the other song has been used, but the way in which they used it this time, oh, it was phenomenal. It was so good. Ah, it's such a good song. It made me listen to Just Friends again. Yeah, it's, it's a phenomenal song. I remember, I think the only other time I thought they've, done it justice was Wale's song uh the need to know yeah with SZA but SZA just sings a du- another version of it like well she just sings it but she, instead of saying uh girlfriend she says she says boyfriend which you know it yeah. is what it is but that's like the only other time I've seen like that song done justice like in a in a way of a sample but amen is a great song but Going back to like the theme of it, um, I, I know earlier I said like you know you are this role model, but you don't have all the answers. You don't have all these. Uh, you, you're not the prototypical role model. You're in, in hindsight, you might not be the best person to look up to, even though you're the one that made it out of your situation and people look up yeah. to you, right? Because the last two songs, "Run," um, "Strong Friends," and "Run To." are big examples of that theme because it's like strong friends is the, the chorus is basically check on your strong friends. Like even though they're, they look like they're, they're fine. They look like they're strong people. They have everything going on. They're like, they're kind of battling through some stuff and they're, they look perfectly fine. 
check on them and and ask them how they're doing because all, more often than not they're probably just putting on a facade or they're actually not doing that well which you know it's a universal um message to everybody like you know like if you have strong friends you have friends that kind of look like they're doing fine they might not be so just check on them and see if they're doing okay and then run to is the same way it's like it's like i every, i got all this stuff going on but who do i go to when i need help you know what i'm saying like i'm supposed yeah. to be this person on this pedestal that's uh that's being this role model in from where i'm from people look up to me from where i'm from and they they are living their lives vicariously through me and all that stuff but if I have a problem, who am I going to go to? Because it's not, it can't be them because they don't know what I go through. They don't live my life. You know what I'm saying? I used to live their life. I don't live that anymore. How am I going to go to them about what I'm going through? You see what I'm saying? So yeah. it's, I just, I just love that about this album, how it's very introspective while also having all these other hits and being super braggadocious, being super Atlanta or Georgia in general, just being super Georgia. So it's like, I don't know. It's, it's a great album. I gave this one, an eight and a half out of ten. Um, some songs I thought c- could have been taken off, and maybe you've been using singles, maybe sure. like one or two, maybe like one or two. Um, but as a collective whole, I think it's a great album. So nice, yeah. So that's that's what, that's what I have <laughs> for what I've been listening, uh, keeping up with, listening to. Uh, I don't have anything in depth like that, but I think. I think we should start wrapping it up. I'm just going to say, uh, as a single, listen to The Lodge by Exo Society. It's Rav, Kill Bill, Square, Aerospace. I'm super hyped for their album. And yeah. then what I've been bumping a lot is fucking Sweet Tooth by Mom Jeans. That's one of my favorite bands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So I, I definitely, I gave that a listen to the other day when you had sent me, I think, one of their songs. And I think the the entire body of work as a whole is pretty good so so it's good um all right so i guess we can you know wrap it up you know we've low-key had some technical difficulties but where i think we're we're fine we can probably you know edit around those we're chilling we're good <laughs> we got to figure out the the rig a little bit more and uh, we were going good for about seven episodes all of a sudden eight and nine wanted to give us some problems but uh yeah we're we're, we're off we're all good so um Again, you know, we're, we're back. We're going to try to upload more frequently now. I know if you, by the time this goes up, I know I've uh, already posted on Twitter at the time of recording this, but I'm going to try to clip some our some of our episodes and get a bunch of them together. That way I have more of a posting schedule that can kind of go out. And so more with more content, more stuff that you might not have seen or you might have missed on an episode that might be pretty funny or stuff that we kind of want to talk about. So uh, be on the lookout for those on TikTok at Nostalgia Plus Ultra, on Instagram Reels at Nostalgia Plus Ultra, and then I'll probably post some other smaller videos and stuff like that on Twitter too, just to kind of keep it on there because that's where I'm usually on uh, in terms of the NPU name. So at Nost N O S T Plus Ultra is the name on Twitter. Um, at Andre Alonzo seventeen, my phone not thirteen seventeen on Twitter and Instagram. So. Go check him out as well. So uh, that's all the time we got today. I've been Nostalgia, as told by Zoe. See you guys next time. Peace.